Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by the house witch, and you know what that means. It's time for another By the Book mini episode. Poo, poo, poo. That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of Living by the House Witch, your complete guide to creating a magical space with rituals and spells for hearth and home by Aaron Murphy Hiscock. And let's get right into listener mail, shall we? Because we got a lot of it. Uh, yes. Let's start with people who have read the book and like it. Uh, Julie had this to say. I bought The House Switch as an audiobook and loved it. I found it interesting and healing, and the audiobook narrator brought the author's words to life. It's the first audiobook of this length that I ever finished. For me, it's a solid 8 out of 10 at least. And she added a little heart emoji there, too. Mm-hmm. I always like number ratings that are like a <laughs> bit arbitrary, but get the point across. So like, thank you, Julie, for really illustrating how much how much it vibed with you. Yeah, we're glad it worked for you. And I also just have to add that for me, sometimes an audiobook when it's narrated well, it mm. can be like 
much like a podcast, it can touch me more deeply sometimes than just reading a book. Yeah, a huge difference. Yes. But not everybody who read The House Witch liked it. Eva wrote in, Mm -hmm. or Ava, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, I hate this book, and I was relieved to see that Kristen and Jolenta also weren't fans. The author is clearly Eurocentric in her worldview and in her practice, and should have just said that up front in her book. Instead, she threw in just enough references to Asian, Native, and other non-European hearth traditions to give the impression that there's really no difference between Kristen's friend's Brazilian practice and the practice of people who draw from Celtic traditions. I understand the author was trying to present an inclusive picture of hearthcraft, but instead, her message just ended up muddled and confusing, and her bad writing and poor editorial organization just added to the mess." I honestly was surprised that Jolenta and Kristen found a way to live by this book. It was hard to live by at times. I just, yeah, I wish there was more clarification in general, just about where things come from, what what the author's background was more clearly. Just more clarification all around would have been superb. Yeah, and I, I do like Eva's point here. If upfront she said, you know, hi, I'm the author. Just a note about this book. I am somebody who specializes in this area, and so everything in this book is going to be this, and this is where it comes from, and it could have just been done in a short, like, I don't know, 10-paragraph introduction or five-paragraph introduction, and then if the book was just organized then into different steps, then it would have been great, but Mm -hmm. it's not just this author. Jolanta, we talk about this all the time. So many self-help authors just don't know how to organize a book. They just don't. It's true. (laughs) <laughs> and I think they they don't give themselves or where they come from as much weight as I think like I do. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, now I want to hear from people who have learned about Hearthcraft, not from a book, but because they were brought up with it because they have yes. very different points of view than we ever could. Yes, I loved all the people who wrote in to say they didn't do what Jolent and I did. They didn't pick up a book and no, they try to distill the steps and live by it. But this has been a part of their upbringing or of their family or of their heritage. For example, Cassie says, I was kind of brought up with it, but it was not considered witchcraft by my grandparents or great aunts and uncles. They're Appalachian, and Appalachian folk magic often isn't considered magic by its Christian practitioners. It's just a way of doing things. I started more consciously working with Hearthcraft a few years ago after I learned my great uncle used to use several spells and home remedies passed down to him from his mother. They were what he remembered most about his Roma childhood. I feel like it's improved my connection with both the older generations in my family and those who passed on before I could meet them. And to me, at least, some of the rituals do make our house feel cozier and more relaxing. Oh, I love that. So do I. And I just, I hope it's okay for me to bring up Dolly Parton here. Mm -hmm. But I, I always find a way to bring up Dolly Parton, obviously. But there is a song of hers called These Old Bones. And it was about, you know, the people, the mountain people, and the different things they would do to cast spells and so on. And, you know, they were considered wise people where she grew up. And um, there's also an adapted movie with the same name, These Old Bones, where uh, Kathleen Turner, I think, stars what? as the woman. Yes. Give me this. <laughs> and Jennifer Goodwin stars I as— I love Jennifer Goodwin. Yes. And Jennifer Goodwin stars as the investigator in this story. And, Jolenta, you would love it. Oh, you would love it. Oh, my God. These yes. Old Bones. Episode yes. of Dolly Parton Netflix. Oh, oh so what? good. This is recent. I wanted it is old Kathleen so Turner, but sure, good. fine. Jolenta, you need to watch this. It I really, mean— it's so good. I'm here for anything Kathleen Turner has like like given side eye to. So I'm here. <laughs> 
Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> yes. Uh, this letter is from Jess, who says, Growing up in Brazil, I got used to having herbs for everything and being blessed by folk healers, usually older women, with oils and prayers. Now that I'm more in touch with my paganism, since I live in the UK, it's fascinating for me to see the difference and what is pretty much the same. And I mix all of it because why not? Yeah, we, we've heard from a lot of people like you, Jess, and I would say that the book is kind of similar in that way in that if it speaks to you, do it. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to mix it up. Um, and I know that's not really, you know, it doesn't drive with everybody to do that. I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable with it. But for those who do, that's definitely something that the book kind of suggests doing. Mm-hmm. Now, Catherine says, my grandmother was a curandera, and I learned my craft from her. A lot was lost when she passed, and my mom ended up practicing a very different form of magic, so I've had to work very hard to get back to my ancestral practices. My practice is a blend of curanderismo, santeria, and elemental work. I started healing when I was 10. My mom taught me tarot when I was 13. I was very secretive about it when I was younger for fear of judgment and rejection, but I've embraced it as part of myself that keeps me connected to my ancestors and rejects the colonization and perversion of our ancestral practices. I'm very passionate about this topic and have helped young people of color practitioners find their ancestral magic as well because I feel that's my purpose. To me, it enriches us all. Yes, I love that. The passing it on is always good, right? Because we, like, that's what we see through all of these letters. People, like, learning from their grandparents, great aunts, uncles, passing it on, like, helping. Like, I just love that it helps really connect generations. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I love that, too. Now, while a lot of folks who wrote in said that this is part of their family, it's part of their traditions, it's part of their culture, their upbringing, and so on, there were people who were feeling a little bit uncomfortable with the whole idea of witchcraft and us living by this book. For example, Jennifer wrote to say, I was raised in a very religious home, Christian bordering on Pentecostal. I learned a lot about demons and the occult while growing up. I had some experiences that convinced me that the spiritual world is very real. I completely believe there is another realm and not all of it is good. I had some really terrifying things happen to me as a teen, things that most people would tell me didn't happen or try to explain away. I won't argue. I know what I saw and heard. I now consider myself a follower of Christ and have abandoned the evangelical church. My beliefs in the spirit world are unchanged. I really don't want to mess with that realm. I respect it enough not to stir it up. I don't go near psychics or mediums. I don't want anything to do with that type of thing. I was relieved that neither Kristen or Jalenta liked this book. Mm. Jennifer wasn't the only one who wrote that, by Mm. the way. My mom feels very similarly to Jennifer sometimes. She was raised super Catholic and, like, very much believed in the devil and, like, had lots of experiences uh, with sort of supernatural things um, yeah. into her adulthood that makes her like very wary of certain certain spiritual objects. Yeah. I'll leave it I, at that. <laughs> yes, and, and I do think a number of religions are like that, not just Catholicism. I mean, Catholicism obviously has, you know, um, a lot of, I, I'm saying this as somebody who was baptized Catholic and brought up yeah. in the church. Um, yeah, there are certain aspects of that where, you know, if or the Pentecostal church where if mm. you are taught your whole life that the demons walk among us, you know, or that certain, you know, spirits or saints walk among us, it can it can be tough. Yeah, yeah. it can it can be tough not to get a little 
uh, uncomfortable sometimes if you're calling on those things that you were brought up to believe in very deeply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But when we're back, we have loads of questions and comments from all of you mm-hmm. out there about how, Jolenta, you and I live by this book. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. We are back. And Kristen, we got lots of listener comments. Lots of you all out there have specific ideas and thoughts about how we live by the house, which and you wanted to share. Yes. Let's start with people who thought that we were respectful and appreciated that. Uh, Michelle says, I am a practicing witch, pagan, and energy healer, and I want to thank you for tiptoeing into this world pretty respectfully. Rather than bashing or making fun of witchcraft, or misrepresenting what we do and how diverse paganism and witchcraft really are, you recognize that you didn't know everything about witchcraft from reading one book. I really appreciate your approach and your honesty in this episode. But not everyone agrees with Michelle. A lot (laughs) of you thought we did a bad job living by this book. It's true. A lot of you were disappointed. It's a weighty subject. Uh, First, let's get into Kristen, you and your corn husk doll. There was yes. some hubbub on Facebook. Yes. Caitlin had this to say. As someone who practices contemporary craft, the exchange with Kristen's Brazilian friend really bothered me. It wasn't even just ignorance of tradition or taking one person's limited definition of it as gospel. Labeling a cornhouse doll a voodoo doll and describing it as black magic shit is a pretty limited view of cornhouse dolls and witchcraft. I wish that instead of taking one person's interpretation of a cornhouse doll as gospel, there had been more research and a desire to actually learn how that doll could or does function. Makes sense, Caitlin. I totally agree. But then we get down like the sort of research rabbit hole where it's like, how much work do we do for this author? Or do we just live by it and piss some people off and say like the book was lacking? (laughs) Um, In most cases, Jolenta, probably all cases, um, Mm -hmm. we don't do additional research. We try to let right. the books stand on their own. I'm trying to think of a single episode we lived by where we read supplementary materials. Well, and the point of it is to see as a test kitchen, if I pick up this po- most likely pretty popular book that's being marketed to me, will I get what I need from it or will it leave me wanting? Yes. 
Yes. And it's like, I know you guys get so bummed when we don't live by stuff right, but sometimes it's just the book's description. And like, we're not trying to disrespect anything, but we are, in fact, just serving as a test kitchen and comedic podcast. Yes, exactly. I also just wanted to um, uh, read something here that my friend Lila said um, in regards to this episode. Lila says, I never said Macumba in and of itself was a bad thing, but I think I made clear I consider it serious. It's essentially calling on the gods, and doing it for comedy content is disrespectful. That is what I was commenting on with Kristen. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I feel like both both people make sense, Caitlin and Layla. It's a it's a like delicate subject to be doing a like self-help book about, let alone experimenting by living by it. So like we're we're not going to not offend people, even though we we don't want to offend people. Speaking How's of that offending for like people. a double negative and then just a regular <laughs> negative afterwards, huh? Well, Jolenta, speaking of, speaking of offending people, let, let, <laughs> let's talk about you and smudging. Marielle yes. says, I'm indigenous and I find it very irritating and at worst offensive when people who are not indigenous smudge. My ancestors and family members were literally killed for practicing their culture and I have had to work very hard to reclaim aspects of my culture because of the cultural and literal genocide of my people. It's really annoying to me and a lot of my indigenous friends and family when people smudge and don't understand this history at all. Jolenta, I love you, but you need to check your privilege on this one. Checked. I'm sorry. I'm not I I never mean to disrespect people and I grew up in the Pacific Northwest where everyone fucking smudges and everyone like says they have native ancestry and it's like very much a part of like the general culture at least it was in Portland in the late 80s early 90s but I like can investigate that way fucking more than how I was brought up with it as sort of a like generic white girl who's been smudging since she was five like of course, I should have looked more into it. But the book didn't explain it more either. Can I use that as an excuse? No. I think you can use that as an excuse to a certain extent just because the book didn't explain that well. <laughs> My God. I wish the book just explained more things but in also, a better way. I took yeah. the liberty to like explain smudging in this episode, so that's on me. And like I do apologize for not doing a good job at that. Like I fucked up. That's also a valid point. Let's move on to more shit about you. <laughs> no. Um, this is about both of us, honey. <laughs> true, true, true. We got this voicemail from Beth addressing Kristen's concerns about appropriating other people's religions. Hey, Kristen and Jolenta. This is Beth. Um, I just finished listening to the episode of Where You Lived by the Home Witch or Hearth Witch. I don't remember names. Um Anyways, I just wanted to thank you so much for doing that episode and for talking candidly about um, your worries, Kristen, that you were appropriating another religion. And I, I think in, in many respects, maybe you guys were. And I'm glad to see the, the dialogue on the Facebook community about that. Beth, you are right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this kind of goes back to what my friend Lila was uncomfortable exactly. about during all of this. Like, are you really just going to take other people's religion? That's... And, and and make your little comedy podcast out of this? Yeah. There's, you know, there's a very uh, valid concern there, which is why I brought it up. And, yeah, a number of you have said, yeah, my concerns were were, were real and you felt them too. So thank yeah. you so much, Beth, for calling in. And we love it when we hear your beautiful voices, by the way. What this makes me wonder is, like, 
Like, I know we get pushback from, like, the witch movement, but are, like, are other women who are just sort of generically picking up witch stuff, do they get pushback or, like, does no one question it? That's a good question. I, I, I don't actually know. I don't know. And I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, and I already said it before, the book kind of says, like, mix and match stuff. And I don't mm-hmm. know how, you know, there are so many different kinds of people in this world People who identify as Wiccan are not going to necessarily be the same as people who identify as practitioners of Santeria, for example. And like, how does somebody in this faith community feel Mm -hmm. or somebody who's in the Celtic community of uh, paganism feel? I I don't actually know. I don't know. The book didn't help us with that. (laughs) In a weird way, like we're not set up to do this in a realistic way. Because we get too much feedback. (laughs) But that's why I like it. Because I just want to be what everyone wants me to be. So I need all your feedback all the time. (laughs) I digress a lot. But what you're saying, Jolenta, actually leads really well into our next letter from Natasha. Natasha says, I was very surprised that y'all decided to follow a book about witchcraft. At first, I agreed with Kristen's concern about following a religion or practice that's not your own. But... After listening to the whole show, I think there's nothing wrong with investigating a different religion or practice. It's the only way you can decide if it's for you or not. I currently attend a Christian church, but I have also practiced Islam. We have visitors who are not Christian at our church all the time. Before I committed to Islam, I read the Quran and visited the local mosque. Now, I consider myself a believer of God. I respect all religions and practices that do not cause harm to the followers or others. When bad things started happening to Kristen while following the steps, I gathered that her nervousness about the unique practice made her anxious, nothing more, nothing less. I think a lot of us get anxious when we're exploring other cultures and religious practices. For sure. Yeah. Natasha, um, yeah, I I totally agree with that. A lot of us are brought up in a certain religion our entire lives, in a certain uh, faith community, and a lot of us convert to other faiths or um, try other faiths and how do we convert to those other faiths? How do we try them? By actually stepping in and practicing yeah. them. So, yeah, you have a very, very valid point, Natasha. Absolutely. All right. Kristen, let's change topics dramatically and talk about our bodies. Yes. <laughs> First, let's address your hives. Angela has this to say. Can we please talk about Kristen's hives? Well, yes, Angela, we're doing that right now. Uh, (laughs) Have her doctors figured out what is causing it? I asked because when I lived in NYC, I came down with a mysterious case of hives and discovered it was because of an allergy to cockroaches. (gasps) Did you know they put off dander just like cats? Yuck. Angela, by the way, thank you, but not, no, 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 thank you for starting this Facebook thread where everybody started talking about the causes of their hives. And people started uh, speculating about the different bugs in their house because that is not an enjoyable thread to read, unless you're into that kind of stuff. To me, I'm just like, this is gross. I don't want to hear about all this stuff. Oh, I'm into all the stuff. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this thread, Jolanta, the if you haven't seen it already. stories about cockroaches and ears while you sleep and whatnot, <laughs> like the more horror stories about rashes, the more I'm there. Uh, well, um, Jolenta, I am sorry. You already know all this about me, but I'm going to just repeat what you know. Um, yes, I've undergone a number of tests. I also had a COVID test because uh, hives can be one of the first indicators of COVID also. Oh um, I went to an immunologist. I had tons of blood work done. And at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that according to my allergist slash immunologist, the um, 
appearance of hives, it just happens to one in five people at some point in their life for no explainable reason. Sometimes the hives stay around for days. Sometimes it's for months, like in my situation, unfortunately. And it really sucks, but it just happens to some of us. And when my hives were set off, they think what happened. They don't know for sure. Um, but I mentioned on the show before that I have cold urticaria. And some people with an allergy to the cold, like me, who get hives in the winter, uh, can develop heat urticaria. And during that heat wave in New York City, where yeah, my AC hot. didn't work, um, we were surviving in a 100-degree apartment for weeks. And eventually... Um, I just broke out in hives. And so that's one of the theories is it could have been related to my, you know, temperature or urticaria issues. We don't know for sure. We also found out I have certain allergies to things that I didn't know I had allergies to, like tree nuts and so on. So we don't know. My theory, you're allergic to not working in an office. Oh, that might be true. I miss my people. I mean, I, I love know. seeing you on this screen, Jolenta. We're, we're on a Zoom not, I know it's right not now, enough but. for you, and I can imagine your skin just crawling off in a way. <laughs> <laughs> my skin is just uh, trying to get to the office. The skin is like, like let the, me the raised go. hives are like, let me go to the office. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I just want to feel like a workaholic. <laughs> but enough about my hives. Jolenta, let's talk about your health. Yay. Hope wrote in to say... After every episode this season, my heart just hurts for the pain and process Jolenta is going through. Chronic illness is tough, and it's hard, if not impossible, for people outside that experience to understand it. I've had a chronic autoimmune illness for over 20 years. There are periods of sadness, grief over a life we can no longer live, pain and frustration, and there are also periods of wellness, acceptance, and gratitude for the love and care that surrounds us. There is no right way to go through this, and it's okay if acceptance comes and goes. Blessings to all who live this struggle every day. You are stronger than you know, even when you don't feel it. That's so nice, Hope. Oh my gosh, what a good name, too. Um, No, like, lupus fucking sucks. I'm literally one of those people who is like, my lupus all the time. Like, and before that, I didn't even know what lupus, like, totally was. I mean, I knew it was an <laughs> autoimmune thing. Um, but yeah, no, the, the hardest part has been, like, I always say in therapy, like, I just want to get back to normal. And she's like, you know, that's not a thing. And like, you're going to have to like find a new balance now that you like understand what's happening in your body. And like normal wasn't normal. And also like, you have to just change how you function. And it's sad. It's hard to adjust. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, we're going to take another quick break, but when we come back, a lot of you out there have suggestions of what I should do with my little corn doll. And of course, we'll announce next week's book. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a realtor can make understanding that world easier. 
Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. We're back. And so many of you have tips for Kristen about how to dispose of her corn doll. First, Lauren says, Kristen, you can definitely compost the corn doll or bury it somewhere meaningful or whatever feels respectful to you. Katie says, I would say your options are to burn it as an effigy while offering up prayers or potentially bury it with flowers and funeral ornaments. Also, you can carefully dismantle it piece by piece and use the corn husks for something else, perhaps tamales. Full disclosure, I'm not speaking as a Wiccan myself, but rather as someone in the voodoo community. Electra says, you could ask the doll spirit if it's in your home's highest and best intention, and if not, thank it for teaching you the importance of casting spells, and then ask the spirit to leave. And Jessica says this, which I think I'm maybe mostly on board with Jessica here. Mm -hmm. These items have no power of their own, or everyone who had worked in garbage collection or resale would be possessed. Your corn doll has no power. I mean, I think a lot of people who work in resale are possessed, but that is a personal <laughs> opinion. If you work in resale, you can email me directly at jolenta.greenberg at gmail.com with your complaints. Do not bog down Kristen. Well, huge thanks to everyone who wrote in this week. Reminder, you can always share your thoughts and stories at facebook.com slash groups slash btbpod. But now, Jolenta, it's mm, time. It is that time. The time in which we announce next week's book, because our next book is Entertaining by Martha Stewart, a.k.a. Martha Stewart Entertaining. Will we be making tasteful satchels of potpourri with flowers that were planted on our 20 acres of farmland in Connecticut last year and harvested by our family and friends with extra love? Will we be mixing our china patterns for unique and seasonably inspired place settings? Or will we just be throwing parties for our stuffed animals because no one can come over because of COVID-19? Listen next week to find out. That's it for this mini episode of Buy the Book. Huge, huge thank you to our amazing production team at Stitcher, our producers, Daisy Rosario, Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, our editor, Andy Christens. Thanks also to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who perform it. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you have read The House Witch. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenangelenta at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at ByTheBookPod. We're also on Instagram at ByTheBookPod. And you can leave us voicemails. We love hearing your voices. Aren't you sick of our voices? Hear your own. Call us <laughs> at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. And if you haven't already, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps other people to find the show. And if you have not yet done so already, please tell a friend about the show. Until next time. I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. It's not good for the people who have to edit this shit. <laughs> Stitcher.
Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.